Hi, in this episode of IB Matters, we talked to Leon Wong of Firebird Design Lab about his work helping students through the design process. He's been a favorite trainer for our teachers here in Minnesota for his thoughtful and effective development of a design mindset in both teachers and students in our local IB schools. We thought our listeners would especially appreciate the way he combines his passion for taking action with design. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Hi, this is John Peterson with IB Matters, and by way of introduction to today's guest, let me tell you a little bit about Leon Wong. He is a fierce advocate for purposeful creativity. Leon has a multidisciplinary background in psychology, architecture, art design, and education, through which he has developed a highly integrated approach for cultivating individual agency. The framework developed through his Firebird Design Lab combines the expression of art and the intentionality of design to help drive personal activation and collective transformation. Under the banner of Love, Hope, Rise, Leon has worked closely with many social justice organizations to develop clear and impactful narratives toward unity and change. Wong has presented his work nationally and internationally. He has taught at various educational and cultural institutions and has worked with many grassroots organizations across the social justice movement. Hello, Leon. Hello, John. So uh, thanks for for coming in to to talk to us today. And I think uh, we've talked a little bit about what what we're going to be sharing today. Would you first let folks know a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Like, for example, how you kind of ended up doing this kind of work? Yes, uh, John, thanks for uh, having me here. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I started uh, when I was very young. It, you know, design and making things was always a way for me to make sense of the world. So it's not just expressive, but it's actually how I learned about the world. So from a very early age, design has always been a, you know, a big, big part of what I do. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, I sort of uh, I, I, my background has involved architecture, psychology, toy designs, social justice, education. So all of those things kind of combined and sort of landed where I am, landed me where I am today. Right. Well, I hope I, I want to hear more about that toy design because when you and I first met a year ago, I remember being fascinated with your story of uh, the toy design and some of the examples that you've shared. Um, for our listeners, also, I will be sharing a number of links related to Leon and Leon's work. Uh, and um, I'll, I'll try to also include some pictures he's shared with me in the past. So um, so what kind of groups do you tend to work with when you're uh, doing this kind of work? So I'll kind of split it up into two categories. One is sort of more of the educational and kind of civic groups. Right. So I have done um, kind of educational work and advocacy work with uh, you know schools uh, at various levels from K through 12 to university level to uh, nonprofit groups and, and as well as uh, grassroots groups on the front line of the social justice movement mm-hmm. and then um, yeah so I think that's yeah those of you that are near Minnesota at least I know um, you can see uh, evidence of, of Leon's work in in some some organizations that have uh, been over at the state capitol and out on the streets and various circumstances that happen in any big metropolitan area like the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. 
so this Firebird Design Lab, you know, let's start there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you do there and uh, what's your approach uh, in having this design lab? Yes. So Firebird Design Lab is really an art and design, and I'm going to use the term art and design interchangeably oh, here. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's an art and design-driven uh, initiative, uh, art and design-driven education initiative. And it's, it's based on the framework that we all have our own individual voice. That's what we begin with. Um, you know, the voice is uh, what you believe in, what you're grounded in, um, what you aspire, what, what your values are, sure. and, um, and even your own personal journey. And it's sort of on the other end is uh, uh, the impact that we want to bring to this world. So these two sort of book and something in the middle, and that thing in the middle is, is process. How do you get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. So with Firebird Design Lab, and actually as well as uh, Love Hope Rise, um, which uh, that's the banner under which I do my social justice work, it's the same approach. It's to get from your voice to the impact. And what is that process in the middle that gets you from one to the other? Right. So if you're listening, you can hear uh, you know, one reason why, another reason why I felt it was important to share Leon's um, uh, work here with, with the audience is that if you're thinking about your role as an IB person, you think about the, the importance that the International Baccalaureate uh, puts on design as a, as a key part and, in fact, a, a required course during the middle years program. And also this idea that, you know, the approach and how students get from, uh, you know, learning about something and then taking action. Uh, I can't think of a better example of how action, which is, again, a continuum integral part of IB, um, I think with what Leon has to talk about here today and what he shares in his uh, workshops is, is about taking action as a based on what you've learned. So uh, talk, go ahead and maybe walk us through a little bit of an example of, of the, that kind of thing, if you would, Leon. What your, how do you take the, a student or an adult even through that process of connecting those things? Yes, so I've done this... Uh use this framework to work with students as young as eight years old, all mm-hmm. the way up to you know college students. And this summer, we're working with uh, IB teachers at the uh, Minnesota IB conf- uh, Summer Conference. Right. Um, and it, but it's, this, it's the same framework, same approach. I mean, essentially, we all care about something, and we all have that little voice, that little light inside. And I think to do our best work, to really activate ourselves, I think we need to be connected with that voice. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's almost kind of the artistic aspect. You know, it's more of an expression, artistic expression. Yep. And then, so I'm taking that, combining with looking at kind of the outcome. You, you know, what if you have a definable, um, um, tangible sort of outcome impact that you, that you want to achieve? And kind of taking a look at both of those. And again, the, what gets us from point A to point B is the process. Right. So when I say process, it's really a personal process. So in IB, there's, you know, talk, you know, design is a big part of, of the curriculum, as well as, um, you know, generally educational corporate world, design is kind of a, you know, hot buzzword. Sure. And, but to me, design, uh, whatever methodology you're looking at, it could be human-centered design um, or design thinking, you know, th- things along those lines. Those are really j- just a tool. Mm-hmm. So along with, you know, like, with Makerspace, you have 3D printing, all these other types of tools. could be technological, methodological tools. How do you f- manage these tools 
mm-hmm. make it work for you. So that's sort of that process, that coming up with a personal process to manage all the tools that's available at, at your disposal. Mm-hmm. When you say tools, what, give me an example of the tools that you're talking about. Are they physical tools? Are they uh, emotional, personal? So I'll kind of maybe talk about design thinking, human-centered design, and it's almost a bit of a a critique. Um, So like in uh, design thinking, the first thing, it's it's a series of steps you go through. The first step is empathy. So you talk about being empathetic to your audience and and, and then, you know, go down the line, you create and um, ideate and, you know, all these things, and then you collaborate. Um, But in the end, again, these are just sort of, part of a tool that's that belongs to a toolkit and so how do you know when to use the right tool what the limitations of each tool is that's kind of what i'm getting at so before you can understand all these tools you need to sort of have an understanding understanding of of your own process your own decision making your own problem solving uh sure uh steps so do you spend some time with the students? Like, I think if I recall, and, you, and when you work with young people, especially the ones that are in elementary age uh, schools, um, you spend, you, you're, it's a recurring visit. You don't just drop in once. Don't yeah. you come back over and over? And that gives the children a, yep. some time to understand their own process? Yes. So um, with my program, typically it's, uh, it's 12 to 14 hours um, we do um, with with the, uh, the, in the case of the elementary school students, um, work with third, fourth, and fifth graders. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it in a classroom. It's important to do it sort of in their setting and use the, the tools and supplies that, that that they see that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it's also you know issue of equity that we do it right there, you know, rather than yeah. elsewhere. Um, so in, in in the case of uh, working with students at that age, first of all, you need need a hook. So mm-hmm. I use toy design as the hook. Okay, okay there um, we go. There's the toy yes. design. <laughs> All right. And what I, why, why the hook? Because uh, the program is it's highly intensive and rigorous. We're pushing, we're really challenging the kids on many fronts, emotionally, just what they can do with their hands, with their minds. And so the hook is we're going to come in, you're going to design the coolest toy for yourself that you want to play with and take home and share. All right. And rather than coming in and say, oh, we're going to fix the world's problem, we're going to you know, solve the homeless problem or you know, right. things like that. It's like, no, it's just, it's just a toy for you. You're, mm-hmm. the, you're the client. You're the designer. You're gonna, it's, it's all you. Right? Okay. And so with, with that hook, then we go through this really rigorous process of um, at the front end, it, there's kind of this pro- part what I call loading. So we figure out, we sort of identify what the problem is. Right. And then we uh, we go through a period of, of skill and knowledge building. We Okay, let's say you're going to make a toy airplane. What do you know about airplanes? Let's learn sure. how an airplane works. So we become an expert on how an, how, on an in, in, in the field of an air, you know, airplane, okay. uh, how they function. And then so they're solid on that. Then we, then we start going through the, uh, the process of coming up with ideas. And, and and all this this whole time again, it's grounded in the idea that they're making toys for themselves to play with. That's sort of the voice, right? You know, the connection. And we part. all know at that age that you know it's about themselves. Yep, they're exactly. centered on themselves. Yeah. Yep. And so we go through this front end. Is we don't we talk a lot about uh, yeah we, we we learn and we do um, hands-on exercises. You know, getting familiar with 
material and, and kind of the process. And then at some point we sort of let them let, let them loose, let mm-hmm. them fly. So we kind of load up on the knowledge and the skill, and at some point then we 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 let them just do their thing, and they, you know we we cycle through you know process of things that are, that sound familiar to people in design um, and who teach design. You know, it's basically identifying the problem yeah. and and um, you know again getting some background information, research, and context and. Uh, and then you come up with ideas, and you sketch and iterate and test yeah. and all those yeah. things. Yeah, and very similar. So, yep. The IB has yep. you know, they call it the design cycle. I yep. don't think they don't have a, they don't have a monopoly on that term. But that's that's yep. obviously how they exactly. they look at it. Yep. And we so in in the typical program, I would cycle through that about three times. Okay. Okay. So it's not just so we we do multiple projects and then there's a big project at the end that kind of ties it all together. And, and in the process of going through that three times, the students start to understand how they work best. They, they, yep. they may be different the third cycle than they were the first time. Exactly. When they've uh, they've done some cycling of there's some some um, learning of their own cycle. Yes. And how how it works. Yeah. And so if you're for example, if if someone is is listening here and they're in another continent, as many of our listeners are, um, they are looking at doing this in their own context or their own community, their own um, their own classroom and their own cultural way of looking at those things. Different cultures approach uh, testing and failure differently. You know, they don't all look at it in the same way. So it's good that everyone has a chance to kind of do their own take. And like you said, in the context of what's familiar do this process would you say you know so how is that uh different when you work with uh, older uh students either college students or in in our case when you come to work with our minnesota ib um teachers what, what's different when you're dealing with adults in this process are they easier to work with are they harder to work with are they less malleable um tell me <laughs> well so kind of i'll answer that in two parts um first is that the hook for older audience is sure. different, right? Okay. So as you, you know, middle-aged school kids could still maybe do toys, but then you get to high school, adult, um, it's not toys anymore. It's maybe mm-hmm. about social issues. Okay. So again, we kind of have to have this strong hook that we're, in which the, uh, the audience or the student, you know, at any given age has a strong connection to. So sure. we, that's, we use that as a, a theme. Um, and then, but in terms of malleable, that's a good question. It actually... So, you know, this is uh, the, the process I do is, is kind of akin to uh, uh, training your body like in sports. Right. Sure. So sometimes you almost have to sort of untrain some of the things, the habits that are not maybe conducive to, you know, to uh, sort of the, the different process that you've, you've picked up along the line. Um, so you have to untrain some things. So yeah. it's actually a big part of what I do. Why habits. it takes yeah you know, takes this many hours. It, it takes a little bit of time to sort of untrain, you know what what's been some of the habits from before. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. So, what, and so in which case, uh, you know, some adults maybe have more to sort of unlearn and and. and you know, get to that, that starting point. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, that's kind of where I was going with my question is that it, my own experience has been that sometimes when you, like I, I've coached tennis, for example, and, and I didn't enjoy coaching adults as much exactly. as I did young people, <laughs> because honestly they had habits and they wanted me to help them serve better the bad way rather than, yeah. you know, young people go, well, tell me how to do it right. And I'll help you, you know, then yes. you can help them. So, yeah. So I'm sure that's a very, it's a good analogy, but like you said, to mention how you work with sports as well. Um, so in your, um, so 
to what degree do you believe that this kind of carries through? Do you feel like this is something that, that young people and adults like and can then continue to use in other situations uh, once you leave the room or once, you know, I'm talking in most cases, obviously people aren't going to be dealing with you personally, um, but as they're working with this process in their own classroom or with other, uh, other peers, um, what are some of the ways in which design do you feel kind of carries through uh, for, for the, their whole life or, or in other aspects of their life? Yes. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about design and in which has probably overlaps with, uh, you know, technical overlaps with the science, math and art and all these different, different disciplines. Um, but really at the foundation of what I do, it's, it's a sort of a socially driven uh, um, kind of objective, meaning right. that it's, it's really about activating the individual Mm-hmm. And then gaining confidence to take on any problem that comes their way, regardless of discipline. Right. So, actually, the conversations, which is, which is very IB, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so the conversations we have in class at the end of each session. Um, so we don't talk about oh, what a beautiful, you know, technically perfect uh, or perfectly you know, well-engineered project you did. They know that they. they okay. We talked about, okay, so you've done this thing, and you, you know, you challenged yourself and through this thing, and, and at some point, it was hard. You didn't think you were going to make it, but you, but you did. You came through the other, the other side. And this is what the students are telling me, that it's the hardest thing they've done, and, and they didn't think they, they can make it, and, and, they, and they do. They persevere. Right. So we talked about, so you went through this process of persevering. Um, if no one can take this away from you. Mm-hmm. So if you something happened with this project, this toy you made, you know, on the way home on the bus, it gets lost. So does it matter? No. Right. It's um, can you make another one? Yes. Can you make a better one? Yes. Can you teach someone else to make one? Yes. Yeah. You know, and can you continue just to, you know, make more? So that's that's Absolutely. sort of the, the the core of what I do. So, you know, I just wrote a word down here for myself, agency. What you've been describing to me is, you know, it's kind of a hot term right now, agency. It means a lot of things, but for the most part, you know, as you described it, it means this ability of a student or or any person at any age, frankly, to feel like they can do what they want, what they choose to do, that they have the personal skill set that allows them to go forward, as you just kind of described, to take on whatever comes their way. Um, could you go ahead and just kind of talk about the the course or classes that you are teaching for us in this summer? We've got some people waiting to register. They might want to know what they're going to get from you in your in your class this summer. Okay, thank you. Um, so in terms of agency, I sort of shy away from using that too much sometimes because it is sort of you know, used quite a bit and and um, has you know different meanings for different people or, right. or maybe used a, a bit too much. Uh, and uh, but in terms of what's happening this summer. So I'm teaching two sessions. One is a shorter session, 75-minute session with the, uh, the K through 5. Right, the elementary, group. PYP. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the other is a full-day uh, three-session um, with the uh, just overall, anyone can, yep. can yeah, attend. Yeah, the whole right. continuum is open. Yep. yep. Um, but they both deal with agency just because that's exactly the thing I do with my approach and, and, and you know, with my education. Um, it's you know, about agency and activating the individual. But what I'll say is, you know, when I talk about agency, it's in the classroom. It's not just agency for the students. Mm-hmm. It's also I'm engaging 
the teachers there as well. I'm challenging the teachers to kind of rethink their own agency and their role in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do a lot of, in my, my role as the director of the Minnesota IB Association, I do a lot of work with teachers training. And I don't, I'm not the trainer very often, but I listen to teachers as, as they absorb the training. And many times I'm struck by teachers that don't have a personal agency. They feel like there's somebody else in control of their life. And that is absolutely true in many cases as a teacher. Um, you have, you know, you have an administration, you have the bell system, you have parents, and you feel like sometimes you don't have control over your classroom. And one of the things I like about the way IB approaches things, it's generally a framework and uh, it leaves a lot of room for the instructor, the teacher, uh, to essentially engage the students the way they feel would be the, the best way to engage the students. And the framework that IB provides essentially scaffolds that work, and the teacher is given a lot of independence and authority, in a sense, over exactly what they do in the classroom. So I'm glad you're bringing that up, that it's something that you work with the adults in the room as well. Um, so as you and I know from our experience in the past that um, the reviews are great. <laughs> Every time, the, the times I've had you in with us uh, and when I advertised that you were coming again, everyone's like, oh, this is like the best staff development I've ever had. Um, what kind of things do people walk out of the room telling you or what do you hear from students and, and young people as you, uh, as you work with them and maybe as you leave? Um, Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, Yeah, some of the anecdotal feedback that I've received, and and these are the things that I sort of consistently received, um, was uh, so with instructors, teachers, I would actually, when I'm working with their students, and then Mm -hmm. afterwards, uh, or sometimes, you know, in the the process, I would get feedback from teachers saying, you know, I actually thought I had given up on student X. But going through this process, this really helps them to see, helps me to see them and engage them in a, in a different light. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, you know, that's gold, that, that's right? Gold. I mean, that's <laughs> absolutely, that's platinum, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and then I would hear from the students, you know, they come back, um, you know, we do these multiple sessions and we have one session and the next day they come back and say, hey, you know, I, based on what we learned in class, I went home and did this other project on my own and, mm-hmm. you know, so forth, and, and I'm hearing the same thing from the parents, that the kids are just kind of turned on and activated into just taking on an initiative to, you know, to come up with projects and, and keep working. That's great. That's great. Um, I don't want to uh, let you go without giving you a chance to talk about the other um, area you work in with your Love, Hope, Rise um, projects. Um, do you want, would you mind just sharing a little bit about how that works and some examples maybe of the kind of... Uh, uh, activism you've been involved with? Because I think it's important for people to hear how, how someone with your background and how young people who take on these same kinds of values um, can actually take action, which is a big part of what IB expects teachers and students to do. Yes. Uh, thank you. So in terms of the social just, justice uh, work or community-related you know, related work uh, under Love Hope Rise, I mean, first of all, Again, it's the same process that I teach, you know, with the toys, and, and um, it's the same. The process I teach is, is the same, and the process I myself use is the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, it's, you know, it's about the voice, and it's about the impact you want to create, and it's about finding a way in our process to get that done. And in terms of, so in terms of social justice, and a lot of times um, in organizing in the organizing world, things are really siloed, meaning 
the organizers do this, and then maybe the art artists are kind of doing something else. And at mm-hmm. some point, the organizers might say, "Hey, we need some banners and posters, and you know, mm-hmm. make something cool." Yeah, you know. And this is like two days before the event, right? Right, right. So at that point, I think the impact of art and design is sort of minimized, and um, so I'm kind of trying to change that model. So meaning a we're there to art artists and designers are there mm-hmm. to provide more than just a product. We can sort of help with the process, which means we should be there trying to get us a, a, a place at the table from day one in terms of organizing. Okay. So is it something where you need to be engaged in the actual, like, is it in your heart as well to offer the same, like the organizers are passionate about something. Do you find that you need to be have the same passion to do that? Is that kind of how you've been brought into some of these things? So I think the level of passion probably is similar, you know. Um, so it's more of the it's kind of the theme and, and the voice, right, and, and the issues at hand. So, yes, I'm, I want to help amplify other people's voice and help fight for justice and all those things, you know, same thing that organizers want. Right. Um, but each group of... Uh, uh, each organizer or each community sort of has their particular situation and voice. So uh, my job is to come in and sort of understand, understand. that voice sure. and use their own voice to, gotcha. to you know, make, make impact. So, so as, as you kind of sit in the first, you know, and if you're invited in, hopefully at the beginning, you're, you're listening at the beginning. You're just mostly listening. You're just kind of taking it in, hearing what their voice is, and in your mind assimilating that. And then are you looking at... Um, the perception of the outside world or their target audience, if they're going to go to the state capitol versus they're going to go march on the streets or or they're going to um, go to a park and stand and have speeches. is Are each of these cases kind of something you think about the context of, of where it'll be presented? Oh, yes, definitely. We think about sort of the, the, the uh, outcome, the context. But uh, the analogy I use is actually... Um, you know, a lot of uh, activism work, especially if you're talking about, you know, taking action out in the streets or up the, at the Capitol, it's really street theater. Okay. So think about it in terms of putting on a production and sure. who your audience is. And your yeah. audience may be your own, you know, people within your own community movement. It could be people in the media, people sort of undecided folks mm-hmm. or on, on the other side of the right. issue. So you have to identify each one of these targets, identify the context, the, you know, the place where it's going to be, the scale, yeah. all those things, and sort of figure out a plan to create the maximum impact given whatever resource and capacity you have to work with. Sure. So do you, do you find then, like you mentioned before, you know, the, maybe not worst case, but a, not an ideal case is when someone comes to you two days before the event and say, paint some posters and make them look cool. Um, but if you've been in there in the conversation from the beginning, are you kind of counseling them on how they should present themselves then? And you would actually, in the beginning, kind of, you, you already know what should be there without their input. I mean, obviously their input is their message, but um, what, are, what role are, are you almost telling them what should be out there? In, in some cases. So, yeah. you know, it, it's different. The situation is different, um, you know, with different organizations and sort of different campaigns. And, and my point of intervention and engagement is, is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of helping, if I'm able to get in early on the front end, then we would, you know, we could essentially do a branding exercise. I mean, mm-hmm. what is your organization or this campaign about? So we do it from the ground up. We build this brand. We've, you know, developed 
sort of the messaging and mm-hmm. the system to portray that brand. And these are sort of corporate words. It's weird to use these. No, you know, yeah, I know. The movement, I, but it's yeah. No, and, and in fact, that I've often had that conversation with people about International Baccalaureate because yeah. it is a brand also. Yep. Um, but you know, one reason. Um, that we use, you know, the branding works is that it is a set of standards, principles, and practices. And IB, in fact, uh, the entire I- IB organization is based on a set of principles and practices that are enforced. I mean, this may be not the best analogy, but the McDonald's hamburger tastes the same everywhere you go because there's a brand and an enforcement of, of, of practices. And, and so when you take anything you're doing, the idea of a brand is not necessarily a dirty word because it's showing that you definitely have principles and practices to which you would hear. And uh, I, I admire the fact that that's a big part of what you're talking about here, for sure. And I'll, may I yeah. just add another yeah, point with the, uh, regarding the, the social justice work and sort of what I bring to an organization, to a campaign, you know, besides their own voice. I do, so what I do, um, I use Love Hope Prize as my brand for social justice work, and right. that's also sort of my core values and beliefs. Can I just interrupt for just a quick sec? So the love, hope, rise, the three words, they're white on a blue poster every time I see it. I don't know if they're always white and blue poster, but did you create that? Is that a, from an earlier creation of yours? Is that where that name comes from? Yes. Yep. So it's, it's white on intended to be sort of a violet color violet, you know, yeah, between I, blue and red. On video, and, it sometimes yeah, shows up blue. blue yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's essentially just, it's sort of a text, it's word based message. Yeah. And, um, and that was created, created actually right after the uh, 2016 presidential election. Okay. So I have been doing activism work for a while, and you know that the results of the election surprised and stunned us, and and it um, the world didn't feel like it was <laughs> going in the right direction after that, and it yeah. felt like it was actually upside down for many of us. So I had to uh, sort of think about what am I. What what is my voice and what am I going to bring mm-hmm. to the movement and what, how am I going to react as right. you know as an activist artist? So when you when you're a young person and they want to be active and especially as they get older they want to get out there and do something and it might be a campaign for something in their school at lunch or it might be um, you know campaigning for social justice and now of course in the in the wake of some school shootings in Parkland and other places we're seeing student activism that is highly organized with a clear voice. And uh, so whole whole levels from the hallways of your elementary school to the streets of DC or anywhere in the world. um, Are there some things that kids can take from, from the action side of things and the use of design and doing so? Oh, definitely for sure. Um, So two things. One is doesn't matter what age you are and what your skill level is in terms of art or, you know, mm-hmm. it, you can always make an impact. So just figure out what you're, what you can do and, and what, uh, what you're good at, you know, what, what the skills that you have at this point and, and put it to use and go out there and start doing it. And that's, you know, that's sort of what I did with social justice. I just kind of jump started and, and never looked yeah. back. Um, and the other is there are so many opportunities to use art and design in the social justice movement and just in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on one hand, you have, uh, you know, we, a lot of times we think about art as sort of the art that's hanging up in a gallery in a museum. Right. And then you have, like, street artists, graffiti artists, you know, Banksy and Shepard Ferry. Like, they're out there pasting stuff in the middle of the night. But there's 
that whole right in between, you can make art happen anywhere, anytime. Yeah. That's a good message. And that, you know, that is part of the, again, going back to the values uh, of the IB organization, the idea that, that art and, uh, and design are integral parts of, of the program K-12, pre-K-12. Um, I had an interview with one of our IB coordinators and she talked about the fact that with the schedule they have, kids don't think of art as being any less important than science or, or any other subject because it's equally treated as many hours in the day. And, and so it's, it's important that, that folks realize that, that it is a whole child and that these things have impacted different places. You think of uh, scientists, of course, and their work has an impact on the, on the world and both good and bad. And I'm, I suppose there's some negative aspects of art on the world, but for the most part, you think of where art is and where we encounter art in the world. It's, it is a huge, um, it adds value to all of our lives when you encounter art. And if you can be one of those people that make it and make a difference with it, I think all the better. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to share about, um, your work and just the work of uh, the role of not necessarily your work, but the, the, the role of art and design in, in, uh, helping young people find themselves and move forward in their lives? Yeah. I mean, I just would encourage you know, our audience, uh, you know, the IB world and, and teachers, um, I mean, there are many, many different, uh, vehicles you know in which to get students engaged and you know your students and mm-hmm. and to find that thing that you know whether it's toys and or social justice you know get get them hooked and and you guys also know the teaching part you know you can figure out the process to really help drive the students hard challenge them you know the entire person right, right. the mind the heart and the hands all those yeah. things and then make them come through the other side and 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 you know, use that as a way to sort of model and instill their own personal process. Right. And I agree. I agree. I think the thing you said earlier about the student that kind of the teacher felt that student was maybe lost or not engaged yet. And, and sometimes that becomes the tool that gets them back engaged with school and maybe leads to them being successful as as in an all around academic capacity, as well as their work in the arts, because uh, it, it, we all know that engagement is a key part, part of all that. Well, uh, Leon, I want to appreciate or want to thank you for your time with us today. I appreciate you coming coming into the IB office for a uh, for an in person interview, so we can both be on microphones. And uh, I look forward to maybe having another conversation. In fact, maybe this summer when you're doing your session, we'll pull you aside at some point and we'll kind of see what what's been happening with you and and with the work that you're doing in our summer conference. Well, thank you, John. It's been honored to be here, and thank you for your support. All right, thanks, Leon. You can learn much more about Leon's work and other aspects of design education and the connections to activism using the link to Firebird Design Lab's website found in the podcast notes. Please find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Follow us on Twitter at MattersIB. Also help us spread the word about IB by liking and sharing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In very little time, we have already been heard in over 40 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB. 